Exciting news at the top of the podcast here, folks. Talking Simpsons is doing another live show in San Francisco, March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, 5.30 at the Piano Fight Bar. We are going to be doing it again, the same place we did our second live show back in January, March 17th, 5.30 p.m., the Piano Fight Bar on St. Patrick's Day. Bob and me going to be chatting it up, talking Simpsons style. Admission is free, so come and have some fun with us on St. Patrick's Day. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody, welcome to Talking Simpsons, the only podcast with three kinds of softness. I'm your host, the drought and famine resistant Bob Mackey, and this is the Laser Time Podcast Network's chronological exploration of The Simpsons. Who else is here with me today? I'm Henry Gilbert, and I do something with computers. <laughs> Who else? Mr. Doesn't Find Me Sexually Attractive Anymore, Christopher Antista. And we have a very special guest today. Uh, please let us know who you are. Uh, I'm Dan Reichert, and I don't have an episode-specific joke. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We should have briefed you on this. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, That's all right. And today's episode is King Size Homer. I'll see to it you don't get apricot one. <laughs> I had an apricot scone this morning. Uh, today's episode aired on November 5th, 1995, and as always, Chris will tell us what happened at this mythical point in real-world history. <gasps> oh, my oh Baba Booey, Howard Stern's Miss America becomes the fastest-selling book ever, GoldenEye becomes the greatest ever source material for an eventual video game, and a new program debuts in my all-time top five, Mr. Show with Bob and David. Wow. Whoa! Man, I kind of want to talk about all of those in depth. But, <laughs> you, but, big day. I've never heard Howard Stern's show. I picked up the Miss America at a friend's house, and that's the only reason I knew anything about him, because the show wasn't aired in my territory. I watched the E! News show, or the E! Worst. shows. It was, well, well you got to see blurry naked people. But only mm-hmm. with, I want to say to The Simpsons, Mr. Show is my second most quoted show, but kind of only with Henry and Brett. And that's about it. I think Almost no show, one else. we quote Mr. Show quite a lot. I love Mr. I show. I do. I mean, uh, so GoldenEye, 18 months from now, people, you will mm-hmm. get a video game. Yep. It's not quite the day and date thing we're used to at this point in history with video game ad- adaptations. Still maybe the best movie to game ever? Yeah, probably. Mm. I would think so. I, it's I, up there. Maybe Little Nemo. <laughs> uh. <laughs> So Superman Returns, the video game, was about to come out. And we were at the the old Games Radar office, and I said, this game is coming out way after the movie. It's going to suck. And then Brett was like, um, that happened with Goldeneye, too. And that didn't suck, did it? I was like, all right, fine. Once, <laughs> Once. that happened. Once. I remember everyone thinking that the Mission Impossible game for 64 oh was going to be like the heir apparent to Goldeneye. Yes, like uh, lightning was going to strike twice. It, Mission Impossible yeah. just as good as Goldeneye. It was a big spy game. It yeah. was based on a, a popular movie, and it was on 64, so, you know, how how would that not work? And that didn't work, and then Tomorrow Never Dies, since people didn't understand developers and publishers when you're in, like, junior high. thought, like, <laughs> oh, it's a new Bond game on 64, and Super oh, was not man. Goldeneye. Yeah, like, in about four years from then, I think everything would be riding the GTA coattails. Like, it's by Rockstar! Yeah, it was published by Rockstar. State of Emergency is not a, a GTA game, I'm sorry. <laughs> and we sold so many pre-orders, dear yeah. God. Mr. Show, it may have premiered in Four glorious time. episodes. <laughs> it, it, even though it technically premiered here, I didn't see it for another four years, probably. Oh, really? Until, until a friend got HBO, it was just like... Watch this show. It's it's the greatest show my ever. My friend taped it, and I want to hear about Dan's experience with The Simpsons in general. But my experience with this episode, and I blame things like Mr. Show. I, well, one, my friend taped it. We all became obsessed with it and didn't know. In, in the days before the internet, we didn't know that there were only four episodes. So we were just 
You want to come to my house on Friday, see if miraculously Mr. Show appears on HBO again? Like, yeah. We were obsessed with it. And I remember in 98, I hadn't watched The Simpsons in one summer in like in like six months. I'm like, do I, I don't even think I like this show anymore. <laughs> and I just turned on syndication, and the episode that was on was King Size Homer. Mm. I'm like, no, this is great. The show is still really good. <laughs> well, yeah, so Dan of GiantBob.com, like, what, what is your history with The Simpsons? Uh, I mean, it was kind of the bedrock of things that I found funny as a kid. Uh, I mean, it was right up there. Like, it was probably number one as far as, like, earliest things I remember just making me laugh my ass off. You know, also up there I'd put, you know, Dave Letterman, Conan O'Brien. You know, I really like old SNL. Yeah, late night TV and Simpsons, basically. I was never a big traditional sitcom guy. Yeah. You know, as sitcoms moved forward and stuff uh, and got out of the, the three-camera thing and we, and we had Curb Your Enthusiasm and Arrested Development and everything, I got more into it. But I could never get into the standard laugh track uh, sitcoms of the day and The Simpsons obviously was such a different feel than all of that. So yeah, it was uh, it was in syndication uh, at six and six thirty every day in Kansas City. And when I started watching, it was probably around season two or three. I want to say mm-hmm. I was really really young. Uh, and so obviously, like as I was getting old enough to appreciate it, it was kind of those glory years. And like most people, I think I fell off probably around season like 12 or so. Um, yeah, that's but, pretty much where I fell off too. Yeah, you know, like everyone points to that Skinner episode uh, where he's the imposter. And it, I probably hung on for another year or two after that. But yeah, yeah, it started going downhill. And as Homer became more of a parody of himself, I started falling off and missing episodes. But before that, I mean... Not only did I see every single episode, I had a VCR in my room, and I had all these blank tapes, and I wanted to get every single episode (laughs) without commercials, so I could just go back to them anytime. Yeah, I I would record them, and every time I cut to commercial on syndication, I would stop, and I would would make these big labels and everything, and I would have them all (laughs) archived and written down, you know, oh, if I want to watch the Lemon Tree episode, I know it's on tape six. Uh, So I kept all of them. I I bought all the books, all the games, you know, I loved uh, some of the minigames in Virtual Bard. Uh, uh-huh. Like so many references, like I, I love movies, but most of the things I know about movies are from like Simpsons references. Yeah, wow. So and, uh, and movies that I would come to love later, I would go back to a Simpsons episode and be like, "Oh shit!" Like when Bart goes to go grab those cupcakes, that's totally a Clockwork Orange thing with that camera angle yeah. and the music and yeah. the way he collapses on the floor. And I really learned to appreciate the Simpsons on on like a, a deeper level as, as I realized all the references I didn't get the first time around. I think Simpsons fans our age might have the common experience in a film class in college like, why are you all laughing at this Alfred Hitchcock movie? Like, yeah. And oh, yeah, yeah. Was the North by Northwest with the plane Any thing? Of the, the Psycho, Psycho, Vertigo, all these references I didn't get Rear from window, the Simpsons. One where Bart's yes. uh, with a broken leg in the window. Yeah, so much stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so, Dan, I really want to know, who at Giant Bomb are big Simpsons heads, and who do you torture with confusing references? Definitely the one I hear the most is Alex Navarro, and he's out here on the East Coast with me on the Giant Beast cast. And uh, so he's big on on saying the references during like videos we do and podcasts. And I don't really say them as much. I just kind of quietly appreciate them when I hear him <laughs> say it. I'm just like, yep, okay, I know what you're talking about, or I'll just shoot him a glance from across the table. So yeah, I, I don't really say a lot of them, but I definitely pick up and appreciate Simpsons references. It's so easy to just do on a stream of like, uh, Simpsons line fits in this moment here. Yeah. It, it always yep. works, including many from this episode, I would say. It is weird to meet people who have never seen the show or kind of are very casual fans, because then I think, how do I talk to you? <laughs> like, we have no common you? ground here. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, Dan is like, he's even a faker because he didn't watch from day one. Yeah. Like, you're not a real fan. I was no. born in like 84. 
<laughs> There's no excuse, Dan. I wasn't watching the Tracy Ullman show when I was like four years old. You're officially on trial now. <laughs> okay, all right. So we should get started with our episode. I do yes. want to talk about the writer. It's the first uh, episode credited to Dan Graney, another part of the uh, Harvard Lampoon Mafia. It's fucking Harvard guys, man. Goddamn. He was in Harvard Law School and he was a practicing lawyer and I guess he really wanted to stop doing that. He submitted a bunch of ideas to uh, Bill Oakley. I guess they were friends. They went mm-hmm. to Harvard at the same time. None of them stuck. Bill Oakley gave him the idea for this episode, and thanks to George Meyer putting in a lot of good jokes, Dan Graney was hired. Mm-hmm. Now, these are all by his own admission, by the way. It's like yeah. George, Me- George Meyer wrote all the best jokes in this episode. Dan Graney would later coin the phrase in Big In. That's, That's right. his biggest <laughs> thing. And that he would work on really not much else, like the U.S. office oh, and... Uh, nothing big. And, okay, yes. And Borat. <laughs> Who he, forgets the Michael Richards show? <laughs> oh, yes. Jerry worked on that. But well, it he, isn't just the Simpsons with the Harvard guys back in like the late 80s, early 90s. I just finished a book about Letterman, uh, and you know they're talking a lot about his old... Uh, late night show on NBC and it was just this revolving door of you know brilliant Harvard comedy writers and and they were trading off with Simpsons and SNL and when Lauren Michaels left to make his own show they were all just like trading this pool of brilliant Harvard uh, comedy writers yeah, yeah. I think it's in the Harvard rules that if you attend their school and graduate, you do get to run your own TV show at some point in the future. <laughs> right. Well, I also this episode is directed by Jim Reardon, who we've talked about a lot before. But I just love I love Jim Reardon on the commentary because they are praising him so much, and Jim Reardon is a a man of some uh, heft as well. Yes. And they talk about how his Homer is like the fattest and the funniest Homer, <laughs> and that he's perfect at it. And he has some great gag- jokes in there about how his his wife probably wishes he was. It's bad and funny. I mean, pay attention to this episode throughout. Homer is always very happy to be extra large. He's always quietly smiling to himself, and that's all Jim Reardon. He's like, mm-hmm. they want to make sure Homer is very happy with the choices he's made, the terrible choices yeah. he's made. Well, I, well, I just, his daydreams are so happy, too. Like, Homer's yes. running up the hill and eats the pig. And he's just smiling the entire time. I, I also love that the, they made the rule of, like, well, Homer doesn't, once he's king size, which I just love the phrase king size, mm-hmm. that once he's king size, he does not eat on camera anymore. That that's right. Is, other than his ice cream cone, that's the one thing. And even in the writing, he's always positive about it. On the commentary, they talk about one line that made George Meyer and Bill Oakley laugh a lot. Is Homer saying, I feel bad about myself, which <laughs> was the one line that Homer identified that he has made a bad choice, but they cut it out completely. But they, it would make them laugh endlessly because it is a line for writers. Like, yeah. no character should openly state their exact feelings about themselves in the moment. Well, and as a... Uh, king-sized individual myself this episode is kind of a was a tough one for me in in my youth i've i've had up and down weight i should uh i but it's difficult for me at times to think about like oh poor homer he but he's also choosing to be fatter he is fat but he's choosing to be fatter and now and now that i'm married i actually this episode meant a different thing to me now because I mm. I take more into account Marge's very real concern that her husband <laughs> is shortening his life mm. and she doesn't want that. I, I see it, it affected me in a different way, this viewing. Yeah, this say. episode kind of wants to have it both ways with uh, fat shaming. It makes fat <laughs> jokes, but then it looks at like the experience of being overweight and how people uh, will dislike you upon you know just seeing you. It's, it's odd Homer had to weigh... Just a little more than our president in order to like be hurt by fat jokes. They've never hurt him before. He only gained sixty one pounds. I yeah. mean the I think the bar is much higher. Yeah, once in again, I weigh more than Homer does. Huh. I can't stand this. Not, not okay, as, I was gonna say not Chris. king size Homer. Huh. But okay, so this episode though starts with Homer being forced to exercise. That one. Someone's in here. No, no! 
never seen a man so desperate to get out of five minutes of calisthenics. One, two, three, four, up, down, down. <laughs> This new exercise program is great. Yeah, every muscle in my body's getting a workout. Especially my big fat mouth. Yeah, especially your big fat... <laughs> so that gag is it's Lenny beating Homer to the joke he's about to say about Homer, right? That's that's yeah. what that is. And our, yeah. Most of Homer's clothes are off at this point that we see, right? He's like losing all of his clothes. He's in his underpants, yeah. which is like I've never been in a job where you'd have to that everybody would be fine with you stripping to your underwear to exercise. Oh, I really love the idea of Burns being the guy who's running this fitness uh, seminar because at any other point, at least in the early parts of the series, did we ever see him doing anything physical, much less like leading yeah. physical activity? Yeah, and he also delegates everything usually too, but he is very hands-on with this. But it's very old-timey. I mean, he wants more Teddy Roosevelt and less Franklin Roosevelt. So uh, no, yeah. no polio sufferers out there. I please. had to look up the Iroquois, Iroquois twist. The Iroquois twist, a sadly fictitious racist uh, <laughs> exercise. Maneuver. I feel like uh, if you listen to Talking Critic, we go into great detail about the Tomahawk Chop, the Atlanta Braves, also racist hey, hey. Uh, kind of exercise. Don't give it to the Atlanta Braves. That's my alma mater, Florida State. They, they stole invented it. From it. The oh, man. Yeah, that's where I went. Where uh, they still well, I, I had a friend's mother uh, hurt my arm because I was doing that as a child. I was staying over at a friend's place, and I grew up in Kansas City, and the Chiefs did that. Mm. And my friend's family were all big Broncos fans. And so at breakfast one day, I started doing the, like, you know, the, the chop thing. And she grabbed my arm and like twisted it hard behind Oof. my back wow. and like sprained it. Like oh my hurt God. my arm, and I wasn't allowed Damn. to go to that friend's house anymore. Jesus. That's a good reason. Yeah. yeah. She, she was offended only from a sports <laughs> I know. I was too, like, wow, that I, mom was pretty woke. I must no, have just a Broncos <laughs> fan. <laughs> and, and also, yeah, I love his, his old school Cal like Jack lifting bear, b- barbells or yeah. tossing medicine balls around. So you, so you don't get sand kicked in your face. And this was the first time <laughs> Burns is a Yaley. He'd, he'd never yeah. seen a sign he was a Yaley, but he, uh, uh, somebody went to Yale, but he was wearing his Yale sweater, which would later be a plot point in Burns Baby Burns with Rodney Dangerfield. Going son. to the uh, reunion. Yeah, we, we almost missed it in the bathroom scene. This era is very famous for its freeze frame jokes, and you see this for about two frames the label on the toilet paper is bathroom tissue extra coarse <laughs> so homer has barricaded himself <laughs> in the bathroom i also uh, this is my first viewing where i noticed the stick figure on the door yeah. has an overbite that's great I, I did not notice that before but uh, i wonder if that yale bashing is just it's those harvard jerks making fun of yale they make the most evil guy a yaley <laughs> Uh, but so Homer is trying to get out of it. This is where they introduce the idea of the disability, which I got to say, I have slightly political issues with no. it. Just that. <laughs> well, so look, there are people who abuse programs like disability and they, there's been stories of lawsuits of people who are caught like, well, you said you were hurt at the job, but here's video of you like running to uh, something like you're fine. One of my briefest jobs was filming those people for my friend's dad. For real. So, uh, I mean, man, that's, you're a class trader. I know. One. I feel terrible about but it. That, so, yes, that stuff does happen. I'm not saying it doesn't, mm-hmm. but I feel like especially the stance in here of saying like, well, this is a lottery for idiot for stupidity <laughs> is it takes all the blame off of a job that actually is unsafe mm. and should rightly be filed sued for disability and as we've seen in the past the nuclear plant is very unsafe yes. you have to fight a spider at some point <laughs> there should be many people who sue it for disability I mean, there was a sign that said careless workers above when he was trying to get injured <laughs> yes. exactly yeah maybe that covers burns for lawsuits like well we did warn you it's careless workers so and i also love the i 
I don't have the clip for it, but just the visual gag of Homer sliding through the <laughs> plant and then being shoved back on the same frictionless glide. God, Burns has a lot of uh, energy to just shove a, a 239-pound yeah. man across yeah. the plant. Or that's how frictionless he is. Yeah. Now, I, guess. I think the broomsticks in Springfield are very powerful. <laughs> See you later. That's true. Homer learned his broomstick stuff from Burns. Yeah, he's got a reaching cane in that scene. <laughs> Uh, but I actually just went through this bit here where Homer discovers his obesity thing where I now on my husband's insurance and so filling it out they have all these things of like do you have this do you have this and I swear one of them was like do you have carpal tunnel and then I was like hey, can you break your pelvis no <laughs> I could not say it carpal tunnel syndrome no lumber lung no juggler's despair no achy breaky pelvis no oh I'm never going to be disabled. I'm sick of being so healthy. <laughs> hey, wait. Hyper-obesity. If you weigh more than 300 pounds, you qualify as disabled. So the cover of that pamphlet is a reference to a very specific case, uh, Phineas Gage. Whoa. He was a railroad worker who got an iron spike blown through his head in an explosion. They were blowing up rocks, a and I guess in my head. it exploded, <laughs> and it destroyed much of his left frontal lobe. And that case actually uh, helped scientists discover like what the parts of your brain do, because it changes personality. Because as you should know, your frontal lobe is where like your uh, reasoning and emotions and personality come from, not your lizard brain. So it's like, <laughs> oh, so that's what that part so of the brain don't does. don't put a spike in it. Yes, avoid that at all costs. The the inspirational pig is just so great. He's yeah. like and the continuity that Homer since Brush with Greatness in season two has been officially two thirty nine. Oh, yes, God damn I'm two thirty nine and I'm feeling fine. I, I would take Bill Oakley just tweeted out the reference for that. Image. And then he deleted it, but I found it. It was a National Lampoon, National Lampoon cover, cover, and that the Speaking pig Harvard it, writers the pig was from Josh Weinstein, the other writer. He has. He had, like, an 1890s hog feed bag that had that uh, fancy pig on it. How did he delete that? I, I don't know. Bill Oakley deleted all of his tweets from, like, over two months ago. Weird. I, wow. I, he's destroying Simpsons history, Bill! <laughs> Being a museum and yeah, especially since if you just saw that Netflix movie, uh, Stupid and Fuel Gesture, I think you can see that cover in the movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I like that Bart is on board with Homer doing this, and he wants to help him. I think in... in it's nice when he's inspired by him instead when the joke isn't just like Homer. Homer is a terrible father to Bart. You also know it's a bad idea if Bart is on board and, yes. and willing you know to help. Grift. Yeah. I like how he's only helpful to his father when it's something that's inherently damaging him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I So I wonder, to, yeah, is it... Is it Bart likes to see Homer or injure himself via obesity, or that he just is inspired? To get by one over on the system, fake his own death. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, that's right. He like, will help him fake his own death. Yeah. Well, he also gets to eat all this trash food and everything. And I remember <laughs> as a kid, one of my all-time favorite gags was yeah. the uh, rubbing the uh, what was it the fish fillet on the on the yeah. wall, and the yes. actual wall becomes transparent. And it's beautiful. It's two great gags in one. It's glorious. <laughs> then the bird hits it. Right. Empty vitamins is a good one from that scene too. <laughs> and the way Lisa does a dramatic chair turn, but in a beam bag chair is Homer's, pretty great. Yeah. Scream is Homer's great. scream is it's <laughs> different. It's a new scream. It's a new scream. And the, the way Homer like guilts her into not tattling on him to Marge of just like, <laughs> well, I guess I just care more about her than you do. <laughs> but uh, the visit to the two doctors is pretty fucking great. This is a long clip, but worth every second. Obesity is really unhealthy. Any doctor will tell you that. Oh, yeah? Well, we'll just see about that, little miss smart guy. <laughs> <gasps> My God, that's monstrous. I've never heard of anything so negligent. I'll have no part of it. Can you recommend a doctor who will? Yes. (laughs) Hi, everybody! Hi, Hi, Dr. Dr. Nick! Nick. 
Now, there are many options available for dangerously underweight individuals like yourself. I recommend a slow, steady gorging process combined with acyl horizontology. <laughs> of course. You'll want to focus on the neglected food groups, such as the whipped group, the congealed group, and the chocotastic. What can I do to speed the whole thing up, Doctor? Uh, be creative. Instead of making sandwiches with bread, use Pop-Tarts. Instead of chewing gum, chew bacon. You could brush your teeth with milkshakes. Hey, did you go to Hollywood Upstairs Medical College, too? And remember, if you're not sure about something, rub it against a piece of paper. If the paper turns clear, it's your window to weight gain. Bye-bye, everybody! <laughs> I like that Dr. Nick is very much falling into his old role as an infomercial host, and Homer yeah. is very much the uh, regular person to have on the show <laughs> asking questions. So, Dr. Nick... Well, doctor. Yeah. And, and Hibbert kind of goes back and forth on safety, because he's so aghast to this idea, but he seemed like almost giddy to uh, to hit him with a surgical 2 by 4 in <laughs> was it the boxing episode. <laughs> this episode really sums up Hibbert's role in Springfield, is that he is the responsible doctor... But for a joke, he will still send you in a bad direction. He just won't directly do it himself. Or suck you into a tube. Yeah, also suck you into a tube if you can't pay for something. I Also, asshole horizontology. Asshole horizontology. Ch- chocolatastic. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Hollywood Upstairs Medical College. Those are all like three in a row of my favorite things Dr. Nick has ever said. Yeah, I always use Upstairs Medical College to refer to like a bad school or <laughs> someone who went to, had bad training. <laughs> you went to Upstairs Medical College too? That's, that is the perfect response to somebody who did that. <laughs> oh, God. And, but that he even has an office is a real step up for Dr. Nick, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then we get a cool little montage of Homer's weight gain and I like him, you know, those weight gain powders, the eating of all the sandwiches. The, Thank God the, this doesn't wake. <laughs> the fake food, Ham Ahoy is yes. my favorite, I think. Uh, Bill Oakley, the uh, executive producer for this episode, loves tub, tub. And he imagines it as Oreo filling you, you eat with your hands. <laughs> <laughs> and Uncle Jim's country filling, yes, which I just filling. ground up Jimmy Dean sausages. Oh. And don't forget, Jesus, cold. Jesus H. Rice. Jesus! That's good. <laughs> it's pretty good. These are all great, uh, like, sign jokes. So did any of you guys, after hearing it on this, episode try to make a sandwich with pop tarts no <laughs> no i'm surprised oh, I mean, they didn't because that actually doesn't sound half bad <laughs> be up for like it. a peanut butter sandwich i think would be all right with pop tarts yeah. like cookies and cream pop tarts maybe yeah or it's, strawberry pop tarts with peanut butter in the middle mm-hmm. then the filling yeah? the pop tarts are much more unhealthy now than they were in the 90s because they it was they a, weren't all frosted no now it's just i could you even can you even buy unfrosted pop tarts so. anymore it's like frosting and sprinkles but i will say that sounds better than the twinkie wiener sandwich from uhf mm-hmm. that's true <laughs> i would not add meat to that equation is what i'm saying <laughs> well you're a dirty mm-hmm. vegetarian as listeners know yeah, dave wouldn't... tried to recreate that when we did the commentary for uhf did he throw up all over the room it turns out it's harder to find cheese in a uh, squeezable oh. cheese nowadays it's especially in san francisco oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can eat cheese still Go to Safeway on uh, Terrible. They got plenty of easy cheese. I should have gone to Safeway. <laughs> Trader Joe's is never going to accommodate that. There's got to be a bodega around here with like a three, a thirty-year-old can <laughs> yes. of easy cheese somewhere. Congratulations to the Dallas Cowboys. Enjoy <laughs> the squeezy cheese. Uh, I, I also just love in the montage all the like. Bart is looking at Homer with such admiration as he eats. Like, you're doing yeah. it. Uh, and, he, and yeah, when he points out the nutrients, it's just such a little great animation thing of Homer winking at Bart as he starts eating around the banana. I think just, one of the greatest drawings is Homer uh, triumphantly approaching the the clerk with the weight gain powder in one hand. He's like smiling so proudly. He's like, this is going to do it. 
<laughs> and yeah, because Bart does start actually fantasizing about living that life himself with the, uh, the great uh, rag on a stick. <laughs> That's line. right. Yeah, he's it's... that inspired by it. Oh, I mean, my line of the show. Also, mm-hmm. the fish sandwiches at McDonald's—they are a bit greasy. I will say. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah, but they would. I would never get them. I'm not a Catholic, so there's no reason. <laughs> Nothing is not greasy. But I will say another deep cut from uh, Oakley and Weinstein back to season three. We have the Phineas Q. Butterfats. 5,600 Flavors Ice Cream Parlor, last seen in Homer Alone. I think it was in the background of The Boy Who Knew Too Much. Mm. I love that when they they say, well, this scene is at an ice cream parlor. Well, we've, he's definitely been to an ice cream parlor before. We don't. It also saves him a joke. They don't have to make up a new funny name for an ice cream parlor. <laughs> Just stick into the references. <laughs> uh, and then we get Homer's Fantasy, which this is another aspect of this episode that really gets me now more than when I was 10 or 14 the idea of what working from home is the fantasy here's your lemonade and here's your beer oh you're such a vigorous young go-getter when's your next coffee break anytime i want (laughs) (laughs) now hey flanders Bad day at the rat races? Yeah, a crazy guy shot a bunch of people and the subway ran over my hat. Hey, Lise, come look at this. (laughs) Neat. (laughs) Even Lisa's into it. I'll say it, working from home, overrated. I think it's the best. But you don't work from home. I do. You work. You go work in a cafe, which is good. You can do the same thing, Chris. You're I can't. In San Francisco. Not when I'm. Not with all this media horseshit. Buy I'm, a fucking laptop. Not. Not. <laughs> you have no excuse. Powerful <laughs> editing video and audio. Fuck that. And, and besides, besides that, working from home, I find myself constantly making excuses like I don't think we have band aids. Mm. And then I go and annoy the lady at Target by talking, <laughs> trying to start a conversation because I haven't spoken to a human beings since. The first person I well, spoke maybe, to at 1 maybe p.m. Maybe not having enough lemonated beer. Yeah. Maybe you'd enjoy it more. You're, you're in the bad line at Monstro Marts. Mm. <laughs> oh, I hate working yeah. from home. And, and also just that in Homer's fantasy, Ned has both the concerns of a 1960s office worker and a 1990s one of like, I'm afraid that there will be a mass shooting at my <laughs> office from a disgruntled employee. But also, my hat got run over. Yes. Oh, dread. A spree killer on the same level as your hat getting ruined is pretty funny. <laughs> at this point, is he at the Leftorium or was he doing something else? Oh, no. He's, he's been in the Leftorium a long time. Homer is not thinking about the Leftorium in his fantasy. It sounds like he's thinking of the post office. And then also the just the animation on Homer dancing by himself happily yes. in his he giant. Looks like Marlon clothes. Brando in the Island of Doctor Moreau. <laughs> yeah, it's fantasy. You're right. It is. It is. Well, or just Marlon Brando in general yeah. when you see him. It's a glistening uh, white suit. So he's trying to gain his last ounce. And okay, did any of us eat Play-Doh as kids? No. I mean, I think I tried it once just to I'm see. I'm sure I bit like, it at least once. Like, well, I got to know what okay, this tastes wait, like salty. on a child. We made our I mean, own under eight. We like, made our own Play-Doh one time, oh, which okay. is like fucking just. Man, literally dough yeah and you can't eat it they used to have the ones where you would pull the lever down and it would make like spaghetti yeah i'm sure i tasted that at some point mm-hmm. oh, it does look delicious now that i think about i it. remember i didn't have it but a friend had the one it wasn't the make spaghetti but it was the hair grows out of this guy's head yeah i mean play-doh has oh, an yeah. odd smell maybe put there on purpose so you don't eat it but it's just like the it's thought. uncooked bread yeah i mean i can i can think of the smell of play-doh and i'm kind of gagging right now <laughs> <laughs> and uh but yes he's homer's getting some help from play-doh Oh, honey, that looks just like a real donut. Dad, it says non-toxic. Well, that's a plus. (laughs) (laughs) 
I did it! Uh, Dad, Talrak. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> so Homer actually gained seventy-eight pounds. Yeah, or something. he did not a, not just sixty-one. So three fifteen right now. Mm-hmm. Also, the callback to the towel rack great gag, and the right before that, the Play-Doh gag is my favorite of the whole episode. <laughs> it's non-toxic, and his mouth is already full. Yeah, He's already, already, yeah. that's a plus. And then also, I've, I don't think. I'm sure I've eaten something that has tarragon in it, but I have never purchased tarragon or know what it tastes like. Jesus, of course it you is have. an herb. Yeah, it's, a, it's in a ton of uh, Indian stuff. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure I have some tarragon at home. I just never use it. <laughs> the Simpsons will be right back. Stop searching out the any key on your keyboard and type in patreon.com slash talking simpsons into your browser. If you go there, you can sign up to get a ton of exclusive things, including every episode a week early and ad-free. The entire Talking Critic run, where we go through every episode of The Critic, our upcoming series, Talking Futurama, where we go through every episode of the first season of Futurama, and What a Cartoon! Our upcoming show where we go through a random cartoon every week in the Talking Simpsons style. Plus tons of other exclusives including great interviews with folks who had worked on The Simpsons like Mike Scully and Bill Oakley. With tons more cool stuff a-coming. All yours for just $5 a month plus you get the peace of mind of supporting me and Bob as we pay our bills and make wonderful podcasts. Check it all out. Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. I'll admit, a festive moo does look quite good, and I'm going to get one for myself soon. But if you're looking for some other great clothing, I suggest going to ShirtSickle.com and checking out the Talking Simpsons t-shirt, or you can find it at tiny.cc slash talking shirt. Designed by friend of the show, Nina Matsumoto, with the Talking Simpsons logo redone in the Ion Springfield style, and in a beautiful sky blue, you can check it out and get it for starting at $19.99. It ships somewhat internationally as well, and comes in tons of different sizes, so be great to wear to live shows, perhaps the next time you see Talking Simpsons live. So check it out. Again, that's tiny.cc slash talking shirt. Hey, this is Hank Azaria. You're listening to Talking Simpsons on Laser Time. I didn't know that was a thing. Uh, and so Homer is now officially working from home, and we get some more fun Burns-isms. I'm pleased to dedicate this remote work terminal. <laughs> it will allow our safety inspector here to perform his duties from home. And so, excelsior to you, Mr... <laughs> What's the name of this gastropod? Simpson, sir, one of your chair moisteners from Sector 7G. Yes, Simpson! <laughs> Thank you for your pity. Huh. Mom, were you ever planning to step in and put a stop to this? Mm, normally, your father's crackpot schemes fizzle out as soon as he finds something good on TV. But this season... <laughs> mm. <laughs> I love the Smithers putting the uh, handkerchief on Homer's shoulder so Burns does not have to touch him directly. Yes, and the employee worker 
newspaper headline was Burns avoids <laughs> shut in. But I thought they were slamming Fox's new season. I wonder what it is because I is, looked it up. Okay, I was while well, I was doing the TV. Well, research. it was a bad season. It yeah. was it was the follow up to Friends being so successful. Fox made like three Friends rip off mm. shows. Well, that partners. Was, yeah, Ned and Stacy. Uh, there was Cleghorn debuted. Oh, Cleghorn! Oh, Alan Cleghorn show. The Ellen yeah. Cleghorn show. She left SNL for her own show. The yeah. Cleghorn got that happen. Yeah. Holy crap! Yeah. The single guy. Uh, CBS's Dweebs, uh, Space Above and Beyond. I will say, Single Guy had Ming Na Wen on it. She was good. It, oh, yeah. Like all this stuff, and there was also Drew Carey show in Jag, yeah. but on NBC where they canceled it. Oh boy! <laughs> well, we but we also talked about this a little bit in our season six wrap up that mm-hmm. the guy who canceled the critic was also the guy hired by Fox to make it NBC. They're like, we're tired of being sexy Fox or the racy Fox. We need normal shows. You, with You know, the so joke was just, written like eight months ago, so yeah, I, but I, yeah. they did predict like almost everything introduced was canceled that yeah. year. Well, they all work in Hollywood. But let's have a moment of silence for Models, Inc. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't make it past the summer, I the, think. The, my first watch of the episode, I thought Marge was commenting it was a self-deprecating joke by the writers of like, in this season of The Simpsons, Homer is being written worse like that was that was how i read it first but i think more so it's them saying the fox sucks and the tv has gotten so bad it can't even distract an idiot like homer homer hits to the fat store which uh wait i want to comment on the computer oh yeah because that computer is about 10 years out of date I yeah. my theory is that well one Burns is cheap and got a cheap computer I couldn't re- I, but two I, if it was a good computer then Homer wouldn't do his job he would just surf the even in 1995 he'd surf the internet Windows 95 came out last year mm-hmm. and I haven't I have I, when was the last time you saw a, a green screen computer we never yeah. had one it's that old maybe in like 86 I had one or yeah something. like a friend a of mine had one played computer. Load Runner on it so so when did like tech catch up because you know the whole run that I watched they never had smartphones there Computers. were very few references to the internet maybe you know later on like season 12, 13 but now you know I, I don't watch it anymore but I know they have smartphones and everything yep. so when was that turn where they mm. actually were like fuck it alright sure I think in season 9's DOS bus that's when they first get a computer and mm. Homer wants to start an internet business and Bill Gates buys him out so I think that's the first time they actually <laughs> right. had an internet ready computer in the house yeah but it was a one-off i think even on the commentaries into the teens they said they fought the idea of just having lisa open up her laptop and find an answer to something and then they felt i think too was when they they kept with it being stuff got more affordable i think in the 90s they thought Uh. like well, the Simpsons are supposed to be upper, lower, middle class. They can't afford a personal computer. That's too expensive. And I shouldn't have obsessed over that joke, but I did because it doesn't even. It looks like an, it looks Simpsonified, mm. but an old timey computer. And I went looking up models. Nothing looks like that. Well. I mean, when I worked at a college campus in the early 2000s, we used a very similar kind of workstation to look up records, and it only had that information, and it was all green. Oh, if you watch that Rock of Fire explosion documentary, those Chuck E. Cheese robots still operate on like yeah. floppy disk systems. <laughs> uh, but I, I think I always thought I thought I always imagined it was the writers trying to take that away from the show. Like keeps every when I was catching up on Seinfeld, like every episode, every dilemma can be solved by a cell phone. Yep. Every single one. It's really hard to get into wacky accidents <laughs> yes. now and you can just immediately text somebody yes. like, Oh, what happened? What happened? <laughs> My parents are going to be there, and I don't know what to do. I'm going to pick them up. Call them. Call them. Call Just call them. That's why. I, that's why I only read old mystery novels, like pre-computer <laughs> mystery novels. Because now, like, how can you even write a mystery? Uh, Archer is going to find it immediately. Yeah, or a surveillance camera. Uh, so they they go to the fat store and. 
The vast waistband, Bob, that is a reference to something. Yes, it's something specific. It's a direct reference to a 1961 speech by the FCC chairman at the time, Newton N. Minow. Uh, it was called Television in the Public Interest, and it was really just him complaining like, there's nothing but talk shows and game shows on TV. It's terrible. But this clip has the line, the vast wasteland. When television is bad, nothing is worse. I invite each of you to sit down in front of your own television set when your station goes on the air. Keep your eyes glued to that set until the station signs off. I can assure you that what you will observe is a vast wasteland. (laughs) What a funny Have you even seen Gilligan's Island? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) I I hate his opening. When television is bad, nothing is worse. Maybe war? There there are people alive who remember life without television. (laughs) Uh, All their friends are dead in Korea now. (laughs) Sounds like something Homer would say. (laughs) So this is like a real reference-heavy scene. So we have... uh, some figures Homer passes with the guy as they're looking at clothes. The first one is Robert Earl Hughes. He lived from 1926 to 1958, <laughs> was the heaviest human in recorded history during his lifetime at 1,069 pounds. That was that was uh, beat by John Minock. He lived from 41 to 83, and he weighed 1,400 pounds, but is also oh on record God. for having lost the most weight at 923 pounds. Holy shit. So he lost shit. almost 1,000 pounds in his lifetime. So And then he got down to just 400 pounds. Yes. And, and Oakley Jesus. and Weinstein... I can't lose these love handles. <laughs> some guy lost 900 pounds of those, but... He lost a baby elephant. Jesus. But <laughs> Oakley and Weinstein explained, like, when you were a kid in the 70s, you would just read the Guinness Book of World oh, Records, yes. so you know all these things. But Henry, mm. I think you can explain the second set of... Uh, the set of twins that show up a few times. Those are the McGuire twins, very famous uh, for their photograph riding Honda motorcycles, which look tiny under them, and they are (laughs) technically professional wrestlers. Mm -hmm. Technically. (laughs) They, I mean, I don't know, Dan, you're you're also a big wrestling fan. You know that they... They, they, you've heard the stories of them as wrestlers, which is really like they would stand. They could maybe stand. Honestly, I just knew them from the photo in like oh, yeah. the Guinness Book and stuff like that. I, I never knew that they were wrestlers. Were they just like Territory Day guys? Uh, yeah, Territory Day guys. They fl- go to territory to territory. It's just a spectacle, just like Andre the Giant. Of mm-hmm. like, you, you weren't going to see a good match, but you'd never see a man that two men twins. That's, and they don't hold huge. the record for for biggest. Fatty or smallest motorcycle or best mustache. It's like it always involves the pair of them. Yeah, yeah heaviest twins. There never twins. will be heavier twins than them. I don't think so. So, but of course they 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 were a carnival act, and especially in the, even in the seventies, pro wrestling was a carny business. And I I didn't know they were wrestlers until on a Jim Ross podcast. He told a story about working with them. Wow. in the seventies, huh. and he said that he saw them in the shower. They were good he said for the it was business. a sight to see. I bet. And you know, one of Boy. them died 20 years before the other one. I'd be pissed if I was yeah. the other guy. Like, yeah. we had an act here. You died, you dick. In a motorcycle accident, too. Oh, like, oh you're my right. God, really? Yeah, the other one. Yeah, he died in, uh, one of the brothers died in 1979 from a motorcycle accident. The other lived to 2001 and died from the much more predictable heart, heart failure. Dis- yeah, I was yeah. going to say. I assume that one guy just like, took out whoever was in the car that collided <laughs> with him or whatever. But Jim Ross said in the showers that, you know, they were regular sports shower, locker room showers. He said that they loved those because they needed three shower heads next to each other to wash themselves properly. I think they would just need oh. a prison shower room to just run around in a circle, you know, <laughs> well, get everything. Well, run, I mean. Oh, well, I, I guess roll. <laughs> they ride the motorcycle around in circles. <laughs> oh, my God. That could have been part of their act. Though I, I did feel subtweeted still by this joke as a heavy man who works with computers. <laughs> I'm looking for something loose and billowy. Something comfortable for my first day of work. Work, huh? Let me guess. 
Computer programmer? Computer magazine columnist. Something with computers. Well, I use a computer. Yeah, what's the connection? Must be the non-stop sitting and snacking. Well, <laughs> sir, uh, many of our clients find pants confining, so we offer a range of alternatives for the ample gentleman. Uh, ponchos, moo-moos, capes, jumpsuits, union sheets, muslin body rolls, academic and judicial robes. Uh, I don't want to look like a weirdo. I'll just go with a moo-moo. <laughs> yes, so uh, Bill Oakley and the writer David S. Cohen collected pictures of computer columnists uh, from computer magazines at the time, so that's how this joke got in. It's like, they all know that they're all kind of big. Yeah, yeah, I believe that. Well, I'm bigger not, than ever from working from home. Uh, though it's not, not exactly that case in the video game magazine writing world. They, no. they were a little skinnier. Yeah, in fact, like, one guy, I, I won't say who he is, I was at an event, and I was like, your posture is too good to be a video game writer. Like, you were a fraud. <laughs> God, sir. <laughs> but I also just love the pride Homer has leaving that place wearing a dress. Like, he he doesn't care that everyone is gaping at him of, like, look at this giant man in a dress. This yes. is insane. He, and I, Homer doesn't care. I did dig into the etymology of mumu. Yeah, it, what's uh, up? It means cut off in Hawaiian because there's no, like, yoke uh, piece that's stitched around the neck. So it has a very loose neck. I see. So I was going to say, other, otherwise not very sensitive to ladies like my mother who wear them constantly. <laughs> <laughs> They're nice outfits. I feel like Homer is a trailblazer <laughs> and men wearing mumu. Let's name it after the only thing a cow says. <laughs> oh, that's, you know, maybe not the best thing for a, uh, a heavy set individual. As long as you don't buy it at Dress Barn, I think you're okay. <laughs> and just the, the design on it is perfect. The the flower floral pattern. I remember, I don't know if they still sell it, but at one time in Threadless's Simpsons shirt collection, they just had a shirt that was just that pattern. Like, it didn't have a joke on it. Uh, and I wish that fat guy clerk would come back. He did not return, though. I mean, why would they return to the vast waistband? It really is Harry Shearer doing the Charles Bronson guy, almost. Mm, yeah. And is also, it the same as the, like, uh, fridge too far? Is it that yeah. guy? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it's it's same so the intonation, but a different actor. Yeah, mm-hmm. a different flavor of uh, Bronson. And I just love, then you get the animation of Homer jumping out of bed and Marge doing her best to deal with this unhappy situation of Homer becoming hugely obese. And just the, the animation of his happy jump out of bed in his underpants is just like, it's so good. And this next scene... I have worked from home most of my life because of the different jobs I do. And I, f- I think of this scene whenever a, a girlfriend or a roommate is leaving for the day. Yes. And I'm just like yep. still like playing video games or having coffee <laughs> and just relaxing. I feel this every morning now. Army pie in the sky with a morning commute. Traffic this morning is as bad as it gets. Due to a fire at the Army testing lab, a bunch of escaped infected monkeys are roaming the expressway. Despite the sweltering heat, don't unroll your windows because those monkeys seem confused and irritable. <laughs> I- pity those poor suckers on the freeway gas break hog gas break hog 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 punch gas 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 yeah. I don't know how you feel Dan about commutes but uh, when Henry and I left our jobs recently we got like two hours of our day back and those two hours are glorious mm-hmm. just like these are mine you know I actually kind of like it because my entire day is just sent, is spent uh, staring at screens mm. uh, of some description so when I take the subway it's just kind of a second to where like I, I know I could be on my phone or I could bring my switch along but I, I don't even listen to podcasts or anything I just kind of sit there mm-hmm. and it's just this nice little built in like 30 minutes to and from uh, that I can just sit there and just kind of 
be a human being for a second. Uh, I, I, I kind of see it as a as a break of sorts. The only thing I miss is having time to read. It's like yeah. the time I can get all my reading done, but uh, I can find time for that. Yeah, I well, I mean, Dan, you love the subway as an authentic New Yorker. <laughs> yes. Famous New Yorker, Dan Riker. He's always telling people where he's walking, <laughs> I've heard. Here. Yes. Uh, yeah, like, I, I hate driving. Like, I grew up in the Midwest, and in Kansas and Minnesota, you had to drive everywhere. And so starting with San Francisco, uh, I sold my car, and then being able to take the Muni, and then now the the subway. It's I, I actually like it way, way more. Yeah, I feel like if I ever were to move out of a city, I don't know where, other than New York in America, I don't know where else I would live yeah. that I could count on not needing to own a car. Martin, Atlanta, and the Chicago I, train. I think most of our listeners think we're all freaks because none of us own a car in, yep. in this recording. None of us. <laughs> I even was looking at, like, uh, so if I move back to Florida and, like, Oh, whatever I'd save on my rent in San Francisco, I'd put into a car and insurance. Yes. It's ridiculous. I, I thought about it the same theoretically with moving to L.A., that if I ever moved to, say, L.A., for a, if I got hired to be the new writer on The Simpsons, <laughs> I'd, um, I'd have to buy a car and learn how to drive again. I haven't driven a car in 10 years, and I do not miss it one bit. You don't want to drive in Southern California, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I've done it. Don't. That's why I don't drive anymore. Yeah, Dan, what's the uh, how real is this to you as a uh, in the work from home stuff? I mean, it can be a pain in the ass. Like the uh, the subway, you know, there's all sorts of delays and everything, or you're shoulder to shoulder, or you know, there's some horrible thing happened, or the police are at some station, so there's delays and stuff. So it is kind of a pain in the ass. Uh, but yeah, I, I only uh, work from home one day a week, uh, so Tuesday is my day where I just kind of like play games at home and get stuff prepped for Giant Bomb, and I do like. Tuesdays a lot. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if I could do it every day because even on like Tuesdays, I kind of feel like I have to get out and at least like I'll take the dog to the park or walk along the river for a little bit. Uh, I just if I sit around the house too much, I start to get a little bit antsy. Pat Oswalt said this joke that he's like working on his laptop is difficult because his work machine is also his entertainment yep. and pornography machine. True. <laughs> so yep. if, I, if, uh, if you could, I could go back to a tabless browser, I'd be. I think I'd get a lot more work done. Well, uh, you know, speaking. Of computers i gotta say this and tabs (laughs) this gag defined geek jokery about computers in the 90s i heard this i think probably on every morning dj show and they do a joke about computers to start press any key where's the any key Mm -hmm. i see esk katarl and pig up there doesn't seem to be any any key All this computer hacking is making me thirsty. I think I'll order a tab. Oh, no time for that now. The computer's starting. Check core temperature. Yes slash no. Yes. Core temperature normal. Not too shabby. Vent radioactive gas. N-O. Venting prevents explosion. <laughs> Ooh, this is hard. Where's my tab? Okay, then. Yes. Vent the stupid gas. So that any key line, how many millions of people made that their Windows 95 startup sound? Yeah. It would. Yep. Millions. Yeah. It would be that or or a quote from Mitchell, the episode of MST3. Mitchell. <laughs> Mitchell. Mitchell. Now, the, Was any, there any prompt on his computer that actually requires him to say no? Yeah. <laughs> no, he needs a yes for everything. <laughs> I, well, I, I wonder if that was like Smithers... 
or whoever made the program idiot proofing it. it was just like all you have to do is hit Y. It's just, very just much like uh, Homer's job turning the windmill. It could easily be replaced by a mechanism, <laughs> a very simple mechanism, as we see later in this episode. Or Desmond from Lost. Though <laughs> <laughs> also that Homer is still uh, a nuclear safety technician. That's still officially his job in this episode, and that he. His job at work is just like, well, then just make sure this one thing vents. That's all you got to do. It's a lot of responsibility for one idiot, though. Yeah. Well, especially if, as we will see later, nobody cares if he's nobody's monitoring him. Yeah. They just assume Homer's doing it right. It's his problem. And I love this. I think might be the line of the episode in, in this yes. clip. So, yeah, let's, yes. let's play the jingle. That's the joke. Barty needs to have to go to school while I get to stay home. I like school. Well, why don't you live in it then? I would if I could. <laughs> Not me, sister. When I grow up, I want to be a lardo on workman's comp, <laughs> just like Dad. I wash myself with a rag on a stick. <laughs> That's one of the most perfect laughs the show has ever given. He becomes me. southern. Also, it, yes. we need to make a list of the Bart fantasies that are dark and awful, but he thinks are cool. Yes, yeah. this, this is at the top, along with Drifter or dying. Oh no, wait, that wasn't his. Bang Bang Bart. Yeah, Bang Bang Bart was Homer's fantasy. Yeah, that's right. But just his. Yeah, they become southern, which they point out on the commentary that when Lisa fantasizes about being fat. Uh, is as married to Ralph Wiggum in the Dumbening episode. <laughs> right. She also gets a Southern accent. Not, they're not kind to our friends well, themselves. I, I, I tried to look it up, but I don't. If you were growing up around this period, this is clearly based on like all those news reports of that really fat guy. That, mm. I don't remember you can't where get I get out of bed and not even wear a shirt. I have what? such a vivid memory. Yeah, you can't get out of bed. It needs a forklift to like go to the yeah. doctors. Mm. The thousand pound man eventually. It was like half of TLC's program. I was going to say the Learning but, Channel about yeah. like I don't know the mid odds. I, I was obsessed with uh, the shows about the ultra obese people in their lives. It, well, it, it was just like, became the freak show network in general. It like, really was. Though, though they were like, no, these are documentaries. Like, no, they're not. No, they're not. This why do you get, Why does that guy sit like that? It looks like his legs are just poking out of a trash heap. Oh, <laughs> I just got. I wash myself with a rag it's, on the. It's stick. the applause. Yeah. The applause. They're so proud of him. Like, yay! It's like polite busy. applause. Polite applause. <laughs> And that great animation on Bart, current day, miming, washing himself, and, including the last one is the washing of his butt, yeah. and then po- pointing it at Lisa. Threatening Lisa with an invisible stick. <laughs> yeah, it's just, oh, God. I, I didn't get a clip for it, but I, I do love Marge's little... I love the implication that at one time, Homer had a detective agency because he bought a Sherlock Holmes hat, and, and just being laughed at once with that made him quit his detective Aww. agency. And that Marge recognizes she has different flavors of a nagging voice, which... I think that's the writer saying, like, yeah, March just always nags Homer in these. We got to get away from that, or at least ever recognize. Those are all great different readings of Homer, Julie Kavner. Yeah, it's it's great. They're all very different, but the last one is the least nagging one. Homer? (laughs) Of the the three. (laughs) It's hard not to be on Marge's side in this and the pros and cons. I know Homer is the fun hero in this, but she is very right. Homer, we need to have a serious talk. You dragged me all the way from work for that. <laughs> Let's quietly and calmly discuss the pros and cons of your controversial plan, shall we? I... Con, you're endangering your health. Pro, I'm drought and famine resistant. Con, you're setting a bad example for the children. Pro, I uh, don't have to go to work. Con, you're running the air conditioner nonstop. It's freezing in here. Pro, uh, uh... 
I love you. Con, I'm finding myself less attracted to you physically. Marge, this is everything I've ever dreamed of right here. And nobody's going to take it away from me. You never had faith in me before. But let me tell you, the slim lazy homer you knew is dead. Now I'm a big fat dynamo. And where's that cake? There's no cake. Oh. I really wish that, I really wish that was the act break. If I could go back yeah. and, and change this episode, this great episode, if I Ugh. would dare change it. Yeah, well, I mean, the explosion is a good tension yeah. for an act break too. But yeah, just I love how black, Homer yeah. Homer says, and nobody's going to take it away from me. He's like hugging his fat, like you're not taking my fat from me. <laughs> it's the, beautiful. The phrase "big fat dynamo" has stuck with me for yeah. a while. The big fat dynamo. It gave him confidence. It free like it. It is great that Homer's body actually made him being more unhealthy gave him more confidence it's pretty great and for some reason when he said big fat dynamo i thought that it was going to go into the fantasy of him being huge and golden but which episode is that i can't remember which one that was that's in dog of death when yeah. homer imagines what the lottery oh, winnings would do for him. <laughs> right look okay. closer lenny look closer <laughs> all hail king homer <laughs> that he's so his pride it's it's just great i i and Though also Marge's flat saying of like there's no cake, just <laughs> and then Homer though Homer doesn't eat any again. We never see him eating stuff. He should be eating all the time, but they don't want like it's he needs to eat to just maintain that level of fatness. I would say you need you need this slow steady gorging process i think it was about giving homer some dignity though not yeah. making it uh, like non-stop fat jokes i also like that uh i i missed it a little earlier but when lisa says i would if i could like the way she kind of squints when she says it just like ouch like yeah. ouch it hurts quite a barb yeah and the drinking bird appears we last Ooh. saw in brother can you spare two dimes drinking the water drinking the water and another season three reference is search for the sun the uh, soap opera Yes, which we yeah. played in the beginning of the episode. We had not seen the soap opera Search for the Sun since Homer Defined, and uh, yeah, it was great. This, but this is the real working from home stuff of just like, all right, no one's watching me. I could just slack off and watch garbage, or I'm playing too much attention to the dog, or <laughs> or the mail. The mail is here. So one thing I've trained myself to do when working from home: never turn on the TV for any reason before five o'clock. But my phone is a TV. I know. <laughs> Everything's cheating. A TV. Totally cheating. Vent radioactive gas. Y E S. Sound alertness horn. Why <laughs> yes. Decalcify calcium ducts. Well, give me a word. Give me a hey. All I have to type is why. Hey, Miss doesn't find me attractive sexually anymore. I just tripled my productivity. Good, good for you. Why? Why? Let's see, so many letters to choose from. I'll pick why. Why? Why? What? What the heck are you doing over there? There, you found a floor. <laughs> why, 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 why? I'm going out. I run errands during the day. Could you pick me up a lemonade and a beer? Ah. Oh. Poor Homer. Then the tension, yeah, it is. 
the lemonade in a beer shows you Homer's fantasy is dead now, and that they don't really talk about it too much. But part of his fantasy was spending time with Marge. He wanted mm-hmm. to spend more time with Marge, dancing and dancing and uh, and snuggling and all those things. And now <laughs> Marge is completely turned off to him, and just like her, they oh just. It is a little too real of like the tension of when you're having a fight with somebody you live with. It's just like, I'm going out to run errands. Like, okay, yeah. cool. Please come back. Please come back. <laughs> yes. And there, all- there is a thing that's great about working from home. Mm-hmm. Errands. Yeah. Remember having to do all your errands at like 730 at night? Mm-hmm. Or if you're, <laughs> if you, well, I found with errands, I'm like, well, I really need to complete this thing for work. But I mean, this laundry has to be washed. I better just—you can just procrastinate through doing errands. Yeah. I found the mail is here too. I nothing gets me more excited than when I've received an Amazon package in the mail. Jamail, Jamail is here. Ooh, an urgent plea from Edward James Almost. Lisa Simpson, can you afford to miss another issue of the Utney Reader? <laughs> Kid. <gasps> Free sample of fabric softener? Woohoo! Mmm. <laughs> I can feel three kinds of softness. Dad, what are you doing down there? Watching my fat guy hat, honey. <laughs> <laughs> so the fat guy hat, uh, two guys wore that hat. Yes. Uh, Dom DeLuise and Paul Prudhomme, the Cajun chef, the guy who always said, I guarantee. I always thought that was Dom DeLuise on those those uh, shaker bottles. guy, yeah. yeah. I, I'm sure Dom DeLuise is on some shaker bottles at some point in his life. But yeah, I don't know. The point of the hat, maybe to distract the the viewer, to make you look at the fun hat on your head. I don't know. Make them look well, at the fun you, hat. You're looking up at the top of their head, not yeah. at the below the jawline at I their mean, weight. If you watch some like serious 70s movies, that hat was totally popular in the 70s, mm-hmm. and some, some people just didn't let it go. It was just a cool hat, but fat guy stuck to it. That Homer yeah. defines it as his fat guy hat. Yeah, <laughs> wash my fat guy hat. And also, it's the only thing he washes. He didn't wash anything else. I've never used fabric softener, by the way. I don't know if you can feel. Did your mom not believe in it, like Millhouse? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was just a waste. We we would just, look, we had the, we had the fat, well, I mean, are the... Things you put in the dryer sheets, or that is that fabric softener yeah, also? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, then we did use it. And yeah. the Utney reader is real. I'm just learning this. Yeah, it is. yeah. It's for. Well, I love that Homer thinks it's the name of. It's like a funny made-up like kids a word, Rick. like oh, yeah. it's highlights or whatever. But it is a very serious magazine of record on politics and pop culture. But I think you had some Edward James almost wisdom for us. Yes. So if you're wondering when Edward James almost made please, yeah. which he is a very charitable actor, here is him in the. 80s doing one of his pleas for help. More than a million kids at over 1,100 boys clubs across America are beating the streets, doing something positive with their lives. For them, the boys club is a friend. Kids need the boys club. We need your help. Support your local boys club. Remember that commercial with the hands and talk? I do. Yeah. Denzel Washington doesn't know. That is a oh. sinister relic. Like, I know. Support the boys club or I'll fucking kill you. Or I'll finger you, kid. <laughs> not turn you in. Don't go stoolie yeah. on me. Support the boys club. Well, I mean, he also had made, I mean, one of his films, Stand in the Liver, was kind of about 
don't join a gang, learn math. Like yeah. that was the point of it. It might have been the first one of those. The teacher says the inner city school. I had to watch eight million of those in schools. <laughs> like they make those to show on rainy days at schools. Like that's yeah. that's what it's for. The one more thing about getting the mail excitement is that is echoed in a later Mission Hill episode in which Andy is unemployed. And if you think work from home sucks, un- unemployment is the dark side of that. I've been unemployed a lot in my life, and I will tell you that is like the again the dark side of working from I, home. I what think... if you work from home and had no obligations, and everyone thought you were a loser? I'm conflating <laughs> the two. I'm conflating the two yeah. just when when i got laid off like there was a little bit what do i do now and then like i noticed all of my behavior is like an excited dog my girlfriend comes in at six o'clock with, hey hey yeah. hey hey we got mail we got mail and then and then we can go watch this and i haven't talked to anybody yet i also love the bit of homer gives up even doing anything he will watch a soap opera and just smack his computer with a broom because he can't get up to press why i gotta say uh, that broom is much like goku's uh power stick or whatever it can extend across the room there's no way that broom is long enough to reach across the room and hit the window but i'm gonna hit the waikey from that trajectory Uh, and uh this is i mean them looking at him through a window is also a reference to another a uh, famous uh, large individual, the woman who played the mother in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Oh, this is the right. same scene yeah. as in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Uh, what's your dad's job again? He's a nuclear safety technician. What's he doing with that broom? Uh, what isn't he doing? I heard that guy's ass has its own congressman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, leave my dad alone. Just because he's overweight doesn't mean he's bad. He's a sweet man, and he has real feelings. Hey, what are you kids looking at? Hey, look, Stop he's trying to get up to yell at us. <laughs> Don't make me close that shade. <laughs> Don't make me close that shade. I also like that Bart says nuclear. Yeah, the nice little read kid on that touch. is great. And Jimbo, does Homer say that? Uh, yeah, he said he said it other times. Yeah. Sometimes he says nuclear correctly. Sometimes That's not. Nuclear. <laughs> But I, you know, Jimbo deserves to high five. That was a very writerly joke. Like he could have been on freaking stand up. Could have been like, on uh, Pardon My Zinger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that that reminds me. I meant to say it during the the bit about Marge saying it's freezing in there. Whenever I think of a place that's too cold, I think of that story they tell a million times of. David Letterman would have his studio freezing when they would film. Like I've read that in like eighteen different biographies. Of David. Yeah, he would reference that all the time on the show too. Mm-hmm. I think it wasn't just that he sweated a lot. It was that I think he thought it would keep the no, people my, on edge. My understanding the, that when you're not filming, all studios are extremely cold because when the lights turn on, mm-hmm. it heats up the room like by double. Well, yeah, you're under a heat lamp. Really, mm-hmm. that's what a, that's what those lights are for. But uh, I I also love that the so he goes to see Honk if you're horny. And this was <laughs> confirmed for us by Bill Oakley. This yeah. was intentional. So Faye Dunaway is starring in Honk if you're horny with Polly Shore, which is way below her station as a Oscar-winning actress. Mm. So she's done a lot of bad movies. The reason they do that is because they had asked her to be a guest voice. Bill Oakley didn't say what the role they had for her, but they asked her to be a guest voice. And she turned them down in an unfriendly manner apparently did. I mean in 1995 Polly Shore would be headlining a movie and Faye Dunaway would be in a Polly Shore movie because she, she was yeah. very hard to work with yes yeah, so if she was given a paycheck for it she probably would have done it so but 
she like she did. She she's in a mystery science theater movie this in the last season of That's it. Right. Avalanche. That was a Roger Corman film. She is an Oscar-winning actress. She should not be in a Roger Corman film. If you listen to Talking Critic, wasn't this the era in which she was going to be in Sunset Boulevard musical? Yes. And they had to shut it down. They lost millions of dollars because she couldn't sing. She couldn't sing good enough. Yeah. yeah there which, were yeah, two jokes in the critic about that in case you're wondering what the hell they're talking about. So this, this is kind of mean to Faye Dunaway, but, you know... Say yes to The Simpsons. You should be so lucky that The Simpsons will watch you as a guest. Especially in like the mid nineties. Like yeah. when he's too busy playing Chevy Chase's wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, he said the problem they always had is like if the actor or actress they want doesn't have kids or grandkids, they could never get that. They could almost never get them. They'd uh-huh. only if they got somebody old, they're like, Well, my grandkids will like this. Like that was that was the secret. But I gotta say, a fridge too far, I don't think is that funny. <laughs> I guess One the voice does it. Oh, gee. Oh, just a minute. I have to check with the manager. That overweight guy wants to see the movie. I'm terribly sorry, sir, but I'm afraid our facilities are not equipped to meet your needs. What are you talking about? Well, what I'm saying, sir, is that a man of your carriage couldn't possibly fit in our seats. Well, he could sit in the aisle. I'm afraid that would violate the fire code. <laughs> hey, Fatty, I got a movie for you. A fridge too far. <laughs> Shame on all of you. Give me my dignity. I just came here to see Honk if you're horny in peace. <laughs> Sir, if you just quiet down, I'd be happy to treat you to a garbage bag full of popcorn. <laughs> this may surprise you, but you can't buy me off with food. I'm sick of all your stereotypes and cheap jokes. The overweight individuals in this country are just as smart and talented and hardworking as everybody else. And they're going to make their voices heard. All they need is a leader. <laughs> I like that bit because it implies the third act is going to be about Homer leading a like fat rights group or a body mm. image group instead. So you think like, oh, part three is going to be Homer leading a, a group of overweight individuals. But instead, it will take a complete left turn after that. Maybe but. that was in the original outline for this episode mm. until they added the explosion, more exciting explosion part of it. And I like it because if you're an obsessive fine tooth comb nerd, um, what about a fridge too far? It's got mm. the Bronson guy, but you clearly, it, it comes from off screen. Then you clearly see it's a pet shop guy. He's drawing the there. He's standing there. So it wasn't ADR, though. I wonder if he had a different Bronson voice line because they hold on Homer almost too long. Yeah. (laughs) This actually reminds me of a real life incident maybe four or five years ago uh, with the director Kevin Smith. Yeah. Who uh, was very angry he had to buy a second seat on a plane because of his uh, largeness. And I don't know how that resolved, but he made a huge think about it. He made a special out of it. Well, his insistence insistence was that he has fit in those seats before, that he is not too big for them, and that they were being discriminatory to him, saying that he wouldn't fit in those seats. But. He has since lost a lot of weight anyway. It yeah. is, though it's hard to tell, I mean, where his weight is at because he's so just billowy. His clothes. Those he, jorts make yeah. him look even bigger. Homer like, should have gone with jorts and a hockey jersey. Yes. That should have been. I don't know why he, he still insists on dress, like, dressing like a shrunken kid. That's <laughs> what he's comfortable like in. 1992. Uh, yeah, he does. <laughs> like John Cena let himself go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I love that he got tired of wearing his, like, branded, like a King's jersey. Not a King's jersey. New Jersey Devils. He'd mm. wear that. He's like, no, I can just make my own hockey jerseys and sell them to people. It'll be the Viewsk Universe ones. Mm-hmm. He knows how to merchandise himself. He does. <laughs> but... Yeah, the I, I also love the acting on the manager that is very manager speaky of like, Sir, if you would please just uh yes. like <laughs> appeasing him with a garbage bag full of popcorn. Yeah. Which I don't 
know. That's pretty nice. He I doesn't have popcorn. to give many food. Yeah. You worked in a movie theater. Well, garbage I can't bags eat... full of popcorn were your trade. Yeah, actually, I dealt with a lot of garbage bags full of popcorn in my day. Didn't smell so great when they were mixed with soda Ooh, that people no. throw away. Ooh. That scent, yeah, sorry, Dan. Did you ever work in a movie theater? Do you know that scent? Oh, yeah. I, I worked at an AMC from about Me 99 too. to 2003. I was wow. a supervisor for the Olathe, Kansas one. Yeah. Yeah, man. I got up to, I believe I got up to supervisor. Assistant manager was next on the list after that. I did not get that far. <laughs> I got demoted at some point and then quit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think 2003. No, I, yeah, no, I quit at the start of 2004 because I remember the week I quit, the last film that came out was The Passion of the Christ. So I remember it was <laughs> February of 04. Yeah, it was I, I have to eat popcorn at the movies. And one time a friend told me, you know how much that really costs? And I'm like, you know what? They don't have a microwave here for me to use yes. to bring my own bags, okay? <laughs> I mean, all the food is a ripoff. Yeah. But it is like a nickel oh, yeah. of popcorn. But the smell of fresh popcorn mm-hmm. is great. But when people throw away the popcorn they didn't finish along with their soda they didn't finish... It is a very distinct smell that I will never forget it's and nauseates me to this day. Delicious and half-eaten cheap hot dogs. And yeah, stuff. yeah. Mm. Which I'm like shocked somebody wouldn't finish those hot dogs. I'm like, that is a $6 hot dog you bought. Like, <laughs> eat the entire hot dog. Guys. Now we go to Alamo Draft House and order entire dinners yep. yeah. during the movie. <laughs> yep. This is not about Homer standing up for overweight individuals. It is that... He has failed, and the core is about to explode. And I just, I love the act break on him saying, Flanders. <laughs> but he failed to get Flanders' help. But the, Homer tries every fix. This is so great that they check off a box pretty much of, okay, what's everything Homer could do before going to the plant? And they kind of deal with them all here. Oh, my God. The plant's going to explode. Hey, that thing's going caca cuckoo. Who cares? It's Homer's problem. Wait, I know. Bent gas. Pressure too high. Tank must be shut down manually. Oh, stupid bird! I never should have put you in charge. Why you, jerk? Oh, who am I kidding? It's all my fault. <laughs> I gotta call the plant and warn him. <laughs> you have used to dial are too fat to obtain a special dialing wand please mash the keypad with your palm now <laughs> so yeah oakley and weinstein got the official voice of the phone company uh, who was previously oh, seen in wow. the first episode uh, home sweet home it's like she's the one who says you negligent bastard oh that's right yeah, yeah. That's wow that's the Joe real person Kenley, the yeah. real woman they flew her in just for that line mm-hmm. wow. that's dedication and now I don't know. Kids today, they don't hear any of that. They don't make a phone call. You don't hear that voice anymore. We'll miss automated voice messages. I miss it, mm-hmm. too. Like, same with the... Jokes about it. Excuse me. <laughs> that reminds me of... Uh, remember that viral video that uh, of the person who got a ride from an Uber or Lyft driver? They say, oh, do you know who this guy is? And he goes, you've got mail. It's like, it's the you got mail guy. He's yeah. my Lyft driver. <laughs> Which also tells you, like, there's no... The IOL did not give him a pension for saying no. you got mail one time. He's also the door opening guy <laughs> he opened that door when your buddy signed uh, on if if it wasn't for rag on a stick this next bit would be my favorite line of the episode this is i love homer sign of give me a ride or everybody <laughs> dies hey buddy you gonna show your car now let me in because i'm a big fat guy and i can't go anywhere because you're gonna be some poison gas i mean it's gonna be really poison everybody's gonna be dead especially me oh! <laughs> the ice cream man 
Hey, buddy, you're gonna let me in your car and drive me. Take, take anything you want, man. Take it all. Hey, buddy, you gotta be Some asshole in our community named himself what Homer says. Yep. Yeah, and we have that. to read his name oh, out every week. It took a while to get it that his name <laughs> yes. was. Hey, buddy, you gotta yeah. let me in your car. Hey, buddy, you gotta slow your car down and look. In case you missed it, this is the Fudge Brothers uh, ice cream truck. <laughs> I guess. Which is a new, uh, yeah. a new, a new well, sign. It sounds like a Brooklyn slur for homosexuals. Uh, kind of. Kind <laughs> of. <laughs> it does. I just like Dan Gaslanet is acting on saying all that stuff fast in the Homer voice is so great too, and and just the visual of him breaking every mode of conveyance he can find, just this sweaty large man in a dress saying like, "Come on, give me a ride." Well, I just love the immediacy of uh, Lisa saying that he's not some food crazed maniac, <laughs> yes. immediately pulling up, just like scarfing down raspberry ice cream. The, the world having is, stolen an ice cream truck. The world, Lisa, all she wants to do is fight stereotypes and say these. Stereotypes are real, and reality just smashes into her like, nope, here's their stereotype. It's I mean, very real. At some point, it's implied that Homer stopped the ice cream truck to get ice cream and then got up yes. back to the seat and started this, up again. This is the one time he eats anything post-gating weight. But yeah, I, I, I also love Ralph's joke. I heard your dad went into a restaurant and ate everything in the restaurant, and they had to close the restaurant. Hey, my dad may have gained a little weight, but he's not some kind of food-crazed maniac. Oh, oh, the raspberry! What's <laughs> right? I love when he uh, when he first leaves the house and he says like "fat don't fail me now" and he jumps in the car and they just immediately like all the tires collapse. Every it's time. like when he raises the uh, landing gear when he's flying the plane in that other episode. <laughs> yes, you're uh, flying. I also love I also love that he did add a cape to his to his fat guy hat. So Mumu. fat guy hat and cape. It's so beautiful, and yeah, that he's. Uh, I, I also wanted to compliment a wonderful artist who we met at our live show, Maddie C, or, uh, oh, oh, that's Raspberry, is her handle. Oh, that makes perfect sense. On Twitter. Oh, my God. I just... But O-H, well, actually, it's the letter O, mm-hmm. then that's Raspberry on Twitter. Thank you for the taser face. She, Yeah, that was great. <laughs> she has drawn multiple cool versions of Homer in that art style, but the first one she did was Moo Moo Homer eating <laughs> a, the ice cream, and it's great. I would totally... I retweet her art uh, every great. now and then. Her Simpsons art especially is great. You should and give her a follow. She also does the art for Talking Futurama, which you might oh, be really? uh, hearing at this point in time. That's Who knows? Right. Yeah, it's great. If not, coming soon. <laughs> Thank you, Maddie. Uh, but... So, oh, and I want to get yeah. shout out to whoever made my one of my favorite sugar sugar memes with the yeah. ice cream truck sequence. Oh, my dad's not just some sugar crazed maniac, and you can guess how it ends. <laughs> <laughs> Simpson shit posting is the greatest. Oh, I love it. it. Really is. In not until like my fourth viewing of this as a kid did I realize. Oh, this is a countdown. This is the countdown clock that technically is not connected to anything, but it's very I, clever. I yeah. love I love how clever it is. <laughs> Rookies, please, there'll be time for the frozen pudding wagon later. <laughs> you still owe me ten more Iroquois twists. Ten, hi, yeah, yeah. And nine, hi, yeah, yeah. Get away, damn it! Run for your lives! I'll take a rocket, Bob! What can I get for 30 cents? Uh, let's go! I gotta get to the tank! <laughs> <laughs> I can't decide without the pictures. Six, <laughs> uh, that slow-moving truck climbing the cooling tower is improbable, but also great. So there's a, there's a. 
person on the side that crashes, yeah. they kind of don't draw when he crashes. They're like, no, Homer killed someone. But he <laughs> saved so many, so I think it was forgiven in court. I love that child, that almost childlike replies of all of them, but especially yeah. like, the, what can I get for 40 cents? Like, That's can't great. get anything from the, the ice cream truck. But that Homer... Yeah, Homer is so driven here. He is trying to save everybody. And I I also though love his his wish that he had his reaching group, which I think we all have had that wish at one time. Mm-hmm. Ah, stupid switch. I wish I had my reaching group. One Wait a minute. It's probably a God, what I love about that Homer line is like we don't know what his backup plan is, and I really yeah. want to know what he was going to say before he was blown to the air. Also, the the gas blowing him to the air as he rotates like Sonic the Hedgehog is great. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's beautiful animation, and that the yeah that that's a very sitcom thing that you think Homer will have realized a new thing, and that's going to be the fix because you're like, oh wait, there's probably a second shutdown valve, or there's probably something somewhere, but his realization doesn't matter because. You seemingly have seen him die. Yes, I mean, also the lower half of his body uh, being surrounded by radioactive gas for a long period of time does not seem like to bode well for him in his future. This is gas that, when vented, killed an entire crop field. Yeah. Like d- Homer has seven kinds of cancer, from and this. he's extra sterile now. Yeah. <laughs> but and also, did you notice he had stopped wearing underwear? I think he found underwear too confining, so he's like, "Nah, just moo moo, no undies." swing free (laughs) whenever I watch this I also remember that my brother ruined this for me not ruined but you are supposed to think Homer's dead or it's a mystery for about 20 seconds what happened to him but the second he fell off screen and the gas stopped my little brother three years younger than me he said oh he plugged up the hole I was like what? No, he... Oh, you ruined it! You you guessed it before! Way to throw him under the bus on a podcast. <laughs> if he wants to back it up, he should be on here. Like, you know, my brother could probably tell... Well, you know, and I don't want him to tell any stories about me on a podcast. <laughs> my brother Sam is not invited. Not invited, Sam Gilbert. Uh, if you're listening, hey, I love you. I should call you more, sorry. <laughs> anyway, uh, yes, then we, we're getting to the end. I love Burns' little speech here. Homer, your bravery and quick thinking have turned a potential Chernobyl into a mere three-mile island. Bravo! I think it's ironic that Dad saved the day while a slimmer man would have fallen to his death. And I think it's ironic that for once Dad's butt prevented the release of toxic gas. <laughs> we'll have you out of there as soon as our tech boys get you decontaminated. Thank you, Mr. Burns. <laughs> it was pretty scary up there, but <laughs> for a while I feared for my life. <laughs> it's really making me think that so Oakley and Weinstein have said they patterned season seven after season three. And just like in Homer Defines season three, <gasps> mm-hmm. he he prevents a meltdown by pure chance. By pure You're right. Luck. He pulled a Homer. Wow, he instance. did pull a Homer. Yeah. Damn. I just, I love that they snuck in a very, that was a very smart fart joke yeah. by Bart. Bart's smart smart fart joke. Still another, still avoiding real fart jokes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the, the Marge represents good taste of like, don't do a fart joke on the yeah. Simpsons. No. They're too good for that. <laughs> and then Homer's just his enjoyment of being hosed off, his undercarriage being hosed <laughs> off by these guys. How humiliating. Who they have to wear, they're wearing safety clothes. They're not. Their skin is not exposed to it. Like, also, the gas was so pressurized. Honestly, like, Homer's insides just, no matter if the gas is toxic or not, not to get too 
let's say this clinically, that gas would shoot up his butt like think out so. and explode his intestines. Let's get into this more. I think his ass is so large. <laughs> For number one, it has its own congressman. Number two, it will it will seal shut around any kind of opening. Oh, I it's see. so big. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we all need to take a course in nuclear physics and asses. <laughs> you need a doctor here. But the, the Three Mile Island is I still... tried to look that shit up and like, I don't want to know how a nuclear reactor works. I want to know how bad the damage was. I mean, it's it's still the worst one that's happened on U.S. soil, yes. but no mm-hmm. detectable deaths, they said, though. I mean, No deaths on. and not, not mandatory evacuation. Well, who's to say some dude didn't get cancer in that city because of that? But mm-hmm. it wasn't at Chernobyl, which we all know about from playing the Chernobyl video game. Uh, Stalker. Stalker, yeah. Did anybody go on that stalker trip to uh, Chernobyl? Dan, did you do it? Oh wow, when was that? I would, might, when it might the have first been like game 06. was coming out, yeah, it might have been before all of that our was times. The, the age of expensive gaming trips, which ended really quickly. Yeah, what the fuck, man? I never, I got to go to Japan like twice. Which I'm complaining, I didn't go to Japan enough. I but never went to that's Japan. Right, that's where I met you, Henry. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> me and Dan, along with our mutual buddies Tim Turi and Carolyn Goodmanson, we were in Japan all I think for the first time in 2011 for Tokyo game show and i i remember dan and me got lost trying to find the train and then we uh like we asked a japanese guy where the train was and he was very friendly but also like he didn't completely somewhere understand. back in america just and, leave me alone and then we found <laughs> yep. this uh then we i did the very dumb thing of like oh white guy on a train you must be american and i think i asked him like are you american he's like well i'm danish actually but i do speak english i was like eh, okay did you all take i, I seem to remember drinking with you and you singing a lot of anime songs hell yeah we sang we sang the fucking um uh snake eater theme together at the, uh, yeah. in our all-night karaoke did you both take the ill-fated sony vita cruise where they wouldn't let oh, you go I was off? on that yep. oh, okay yeah the vita cruise that was boy oh. that that united everybody who took that vita cruise the vita yep. Quick story, guys. The Vita had not come out yet. This was your first chance to play the Vita. But there were super long lines to play it even on the press days at TGS. But we were all told, well, don't even bother. You're going to go on this Vita cruise that Sony's doing to play Vita right there. And it took two hours to get to the fucking boat. When they get on the boat... They well, yeah, don't... The buses got lost on the way. Yeah, the bus got lost both ways. We get on the <laughs> yes. boat. They don't. They serve us food, and we're like three hours into this. We're like, are we ever going to play these games? They bring out like four Vitas. Two of them are broken. They can't play Street Fighter Cross Tekken. <laughs> and poor like Seth Killian, a mutual friend. Every person who was on that boat was like, what the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> I what? did not touch a Vita. Uh, I got to see a little bit of sound shapes over someone's shoulder with no sound. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we need sound and sound shapes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it united everyone who was on that boat, and then uh, I think basically we just me and Carolyn at least for the games radar side of things we we played what we could, and then just told our EIC like, look, man, this was the worst thing we've ever been. Right. And I know we're complaining about like what was really if I wasn't focused on doing my job, that was a great trip because yeah. Sony paid for you to eat, drink, and be on a boat, eat and drink <laughs> unlimited on a boat, and people just served us like all the tempura you can eat, just like yeah more tempura i want it our buddy our buddy did take the chernobyl trip uh dave and i's buddy oh yeah because chernobyl is fascinating it's a level in call of duty blah 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 has a bunch of games based off but it uh had a huge it's the worst meltdown isn't it i think so and so the whole ground is a radiator but you can visit it so for this game for a fucking game they brought all these americans out there to show them chernobyl and our buddy pat like said 
you, you can only you can go visit it, but you can't live there yet. It's yeah. still too irradiated. Uh, and, and he said he was there for like two hours, and then his nose started bleeding uncontrollably, Jesus and they Christ. rushed him away from the game appointment. I, I can't <laughs> all well, the way out there for a game appointment. I know they thought it was cool, but it's like <laughs> it cool. well, you but you don't know. Well, what is it? Two hours? Two hours and fifteen minutes? How long is it that I do get cancer? Like, yes. when does it say? We'll find out in uh, thirty years. Uh, one last thing: that boat trip. It was twenty eleven. I'm guessing there were a lot of insufferable. I'm on a boat references from everybody. Yeah, probably. Yeah, a few. Probably. Yeah. yeah. I've been trying to make one the whole time. I wasn't friends with the people who made those. We. I just remember looking with uh, Destructoid's own Hamza Aziz looking at yep. the ducks in the water and saying, like, what the fuck is this? This is the <laughs> stupidest trip I've ever been on. I, I remember Ben Gilbert standing on top of the boat uh, looking at the ducks and just screaming because he was so pissed off because yes. he couldn't see the Vita. Yeah. The uh, sheer irony of all these problems and dilemmas stemming from bringing you to a thing that is portable. Yeah, yes! <laughs> yes. Yeah. And in, uh, seven years later, it's never been easier to see a Vita. It's just not, like, pl- being played by anybody. I, I heard through the grapevine that it was all Sony of Europe's planning, and it was they were very insistent on it. And when I think of the most opulent PR that wastes the most money, I do think of the European PR. They still, yeah. I would have friends. I'd go on trips with. They were from UK outlets. They'd be like, "Well, no, just drink whatever you want from the mini bar. They're paying for it." I was like, "What? <laughs> Seriously? That's." I remember the Call of Duty review trips they would always have in, like, Carlsbad or Palm Springs or whatever. Uh, it was always the uh, European and Australian journalists that would show up, and they would just be like, oh, yeah, we just got massages at the resort all day. Like, oh, they'll pay for it. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and get massages. Do whatever you want. Jesus Christ. What about yeah. the ethics? So yeah. The Call of Duty appointment they flew people to in a helicopter. Mm-hmm. You got your own helicopter. <laughs> that was Black Ops 2. That was the one before I started going on those, yeah. yeah. I didn't get to go on with any. your gamer tag on it. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't get to go on any of the opulent Capcom trips either. It was no no fun. We're complaining about not getting well, enough gifts. It's a good thing the people that make those games don't have a union. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right, so uh, here's the end of the episode. Now, Homer, if there's anything else I can do for you, please don't hesitate to ask. Mr. Burns, can you make me thin again? I guarantee it. One, 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 but I'll just pay for the blasted liposuction. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. That's that's the moment when I was watching The Simpsons, concerned I might not like it anymore because I'm into all this other subversive comedy and I haven't watched it in a while. And that was just that bit. Bah! I don't know. I love yeah. the far off shot of him throwing down the megaphone. And like this show rules. It's very much old Simpsons in that Homer wins by failing at something. Well, he, yeah. he, he he solves the problem he himself created. That's true. <laughs> yeah, and that it's supposed to be a good thematic close because Homer avoided this. All started because Homer wanted to avoid exercise, and now he is damned to exercise. Mm-hmm. But they had to admit that like. But Homer actually won't exercise enough to lose the weight, so just get the liposuction. Now, apparently, by the next episode, Mother Simpson, Homer is just back to 239, so the liposuction just got him back to being fat, not obese. <laughs> and, like, all the skin surgery that would follow, you yeah. know, just getting loose skin removed. Yeah. Uh, but, God damn it, I just love every shot of Homer yeah. moving, his walking to the computer, just, I, God damn it, such a great episode. I don't think we asked Dan uh, why he wanted to be on this one in particular, did we? 
No. Well, I think you gave me the option of this one, uh, Mother Simpson, and 138th episode Spectacular, which all three of those were like right in my wheelhouse of like, you know, golden ears. And I, I almost wanted to do 138th episode because of the little weird jokes I remember. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure you guys get into it in that episode, but like the hidden NRA forever and seeing <laughs> Matt Groening on camera and everything. But then I remembered that a good chunk of that episode is just kind of clip show stuff. Mm-hmm. I like Mother Simpson quite a bit, but King Size Homer is definitely one that, that sticks with me. The animation's the best. The seeing Homer, they did such a good job on Homer's design. Like his neck disappears. I just love it. <laughs> yes, uh, it's I would the, love an action figure of King Size Homer. <laughs> I I thought in one of the video games you can transform into King Size Homer and drive the ice cream truck. That's a hit and run. Ah, it's like one of the special really? costumes. Yeah. yeah, like there are different costumes for every character, and the the Moo Homer is one of them. Mm. It's beautiful. The hit and run game. We got to stream that. That was no. that was after arcade. It was the first good Simpsons game. <laughs> yeah, it's the only other good Simpsons game. It took thirteen yeah. years. And Road Rage was after that, right? Oh no, wait. It was Road Rage then Hit and Run because yeah. Yeah. they called it Hit action. and Run because you could get out of the car and move around. Yeah, right. But uh, I don't. Right. I haven't played Road Rage, but I know Hit and Run does have the Moo Moo and Fat Homer, <laughs> extra Fat Homer. Well, because Road Rage was just crazy taxi to the point where Sega sued them. <laughs> yep, <laughs> as they should have. I yes. Guess. But, uh, but anyway, yeah. Great episode. Great, Great episode. episode. Yes. Uh, Dan is our special guest. I'll let him go first uh, with your plugs, Dan. What do you? Uh, we know what you do, but uh, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Dan Reichert. It's uh, R-Y-C-K-E-R-T for the last name. Uh, and that's kind of my main thing. I, I kind of plug all my other stuff on there, my, my books and uh, side projects and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, GiantBomb.com and the Giant Beast cast is uh, the main thing I do week to week. And uh, we also just started a uh, TV podcast of our own where we're watching all of Dragon Ball Z. Me and Jeff Gersman yes. are uh, hosting All Systems Goku, uh, <laughs> and we are a couple episodes in. So that's a free podcast if anyone wants to check it yeah. out. I I should have – we should have invited you on but earlier than this, and I apologize for that. But what spurred me to finally reach out was like, god damn, I love All Systems Goku. Just in the first episode, I was like, this is – well, because I I did watch them before. I know about the anime, but uh-huh. you and Jeff coming at it from the like naivete of like, well, what I sort of remember this, or oh, this was a reference to that. It's just it's beautiful, really. I love well, it. We both spent years publicly shitting on anime and talking yeah. about how like we think it's stupid, despite the fact that neither of us had really seen much anime at all. Mm-hmm. And so it's so fun to me that like we're actually giving this a chance now, and we're both unironically loving it. That's great. So it's just us gushing about Dragon Ball every episode, <laughs> and it's just been a ton of fun. And already in the second episode, you have to deal with Mr. Popo. Mr. Popo is a whole thing. <laughs> yep. Yeah, uh, I've come to terms with the fact him. that they're not going to explain the dinosaurs. Yeah. Uh, there are just dinosaurs. I know the story's going to go places for sure. Yeah, the weird. I mean, the world that you if uh, you played a lot of Dragon Quest because if you play Dragon Quest, you'll see like the worlds are pretty similar. You know, I, I didn't. I was never a JRPG guy growing up. Mm. So uh, yeah, like all the anime influence and everything. Like it, mine probably like ended at Supersonic. You know. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you were to if you, if you were to play Dragon Quest one now, I think you'll also be like, oh, this is all Dragon Ball. Like, for, sure, for sure. Dan is a podcasting superstar. I am so glad you did our show. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah. Uh, as for me, I am Bob Mackey, the host of Talking Simpsons. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. My other podcast is Retronauts. It's a classic gaming podcast going on since 2006. Every Monday at Retronauts.com or look for Retronauts in your podcast machine. And you know what, Dan? We have not had a single giant bomb person on the podcast, so please pass the word along. We would love to have somebody on the from your company on Retronauts for sure. Okay, great. 
And uh, I'm H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. And if you'd like to support this show, we're supported on Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons, where just for $5 a month, you get access to every episode of the show, week early and ad free, and tons of exclusive content, including our interviews with folks who had worked on the show, like Bill Oakley and Mike Scully and Mimi Pond and Dana Gould, mm. as well as our season wrap-ups and every episode of Talking Critic, and very soon, Talking Futurama. We're going to be doing it in a little bit exclusively at patreon.com slash talking simpsons oh sorry go oh, ahead. Sorry, and our new animation podcast yes Ooh, our so new animation podcast works. coming soon uh and if you're still after all that hankering for some more podcasts there's laser time the whole stupid network but laser time the show topic-based pop culture show we also have 30 20 10 where you look 30 20 and 10 years back in the past of that week movie games news tv uh, and Video Game Apocalypse, our weekly video game show. Please enjoy that. LaserTimePodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week for Mother Simpson. I'm going to cry. See you then. Wow. Infotainment. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri.